We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another edition of the pack a day podcast i'm your host today jacob morley you can find me on twitter at jacob morley and i am joined today as always by my co-host ross uglum and Ross, last time, last time I guess we were here was really when the, the Aaron Rodgers news broke that he's going to be here. He's going to be in camp. We got the podium talk. We got all that stuff. And we do not need to talk about that because it has been talked about ad nauseum. But all I want to say, man, is how freaking long ago does that feel like? Yeah, I mean, the whole, like football thing it, it just time is absolutely flying um i think covid has kind of messed with us as far as expectations and just kind of getting back into football it, it just feels like the season just ended and having the fans back is, is kind of thrown off but also it's the greatest thing ever like i i uh, as as folks know you know i i cleared my COVID protocol to be allowed, um, you know, back into the facility, not until Friday. So I spent Wednesday and Thursday of the first week of camp as a man of the people uh, in, in in the bleachers with the rest of you. And actually, um, you know, it had some comments from some other media members of flat out, like we had, besides Evan Siegel with the Packers, we easily had the best photography because... I, I had an elevated spot. I was I was able to take decent pictures, and and it's just uh, it's a better view from up there, man. And it, it was a really cool experience, like I said, to be to be a man of the people once again. Yeah, that's good. Did anyone ask you about your bleacher butt? No, uh, I, but I, I tell you what, fun fun story. I met Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner's dad, and through our conversations. Ken Renner is now a Packer Report subscriber. Hell yeah. Incredible. Hell yeah, indeed. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, and hopefully, very cool. hopefully a Pack-A-Day podcast subscriber as well. I hope so. What's his name, Ken? Ken, yeah, Ken Renner. Hey, Ken. Thanks for And listening. shout out, Mike. And shout out, Mike. Mike Mike's our dude. Um, yeah. All right, so 
Speaking of, so you were there. You got to see these guys firsthand, you know, and, and talking about how it feels like the two weeks ago that Aaron Rodgers came out and said, hey, he's going to be here. It seems like a non-story. And obviously it, it is not. It is not a non-story. It's going to be a story all year long. But I feel like as fans and as media and even local media and, and even national media has just kind of been like, we were sick of that. Everybody was sick of that. Let's move on to this team. And I think kind of what you were talking about, too, with how COVID and the Rogers stuff and everything has kind of blinded us to the fact of this team, Ross, is damn good. It yep. is deep. This is a very deep football team. And I think with the, sh- with the cloud of Aaron Rodgers kind of hanging over the head, you know, with Jordan Love, I think you hope you would hope like, oh, they could maybe make the playoffs, but you're not going to win the Super Bowl. And I'm I'm as big of a Jordan Love fan as there is, and you're not, you're just not, unless something, you know, completely historical happens with Jordan Love, you're just not going to win a Super Bowl with him right now as your quarterback. So Aaron Rodgers back in the fold, and then you start to say, okay, we're good there. The MVP is playing quarterback for this team. What about some of these other guys? What about some of these other players that are extremely talented in their own right? That can that that would have carried this team if Jordan Love were the quarterback, but um, that's kind of the stuff that we have been seeing now in camp, and some of the stories that have been starting to be written, and some of the storylines that are developing. You know, in the first two weeks of camp, these camp stories that are, everybody loves them, right? The, some of them are fluff, a lot of them never come to fruition, but they're just fun, man. They're fun to read. It's fun to get excited about football and. And I want to talk about getting excited about football, too, because I want to start this little game that we're going to play with one of the most polarizing guys in Green Bay, and that is Jordan Love. But, you know, we're going to play a little buy or sell. Are you buying stock in these guys? Are you are you selling in these guys? So I picked five guys that have kind of, you know, had they've all had positive, you know, to an extent, positive types of stories throughout camp. And I just want to get your take as someone that, hey, I've been there. I've seen these guys with my very own eyeballs in entire practice. I'm not just going off of the tweets like I am. A lot of the stuff I'm going off of is tweets is from people like you that are there that are tweeting stuff. They're tweeting live, you know, clips, which a lot of that stuff we don't even get to see if you're not there. So um, I do want to just ask, you know, as we get into this and I will go through these guys, but I want to start with Jordan Love fresh off of his family night performance that if anybody follows me, they know I probably, probably overreact to everything good that Jordan Love does because I love him. I think he's awesome, um, and, I, and I'm rooting for him to be successful. But, Ross, you've always been a more even-keeled guy than me. So what are your thoughts so far on Jordan Love throughout his – really his first – we could just call it his rookie year. I mean, because essentially it is. His first real training camp in Green Bay. Are you buying stock in this kid? Are you – Sell, sell, sell. Uh, you know, cautiously buy. I, I think, you know, he's getting what I would call like the Mahomes plus uh, treatment. He's not getting the full Rodgers where, you know, you sit behind a Hall of Famer for three years and then go. Um, but Patty and, and, and people need to kind of exit revisionist history here. Um, people dunk, and I do because to hell with the Bears, but – you know, people dunk on Chicago all the time. Could have taken Deshaun Watson, though that star has lost a little bit of its luster uh, for obvious reasons. And you could have taken Patty and you took Mitchell. Not a great look. But, you know, you you 
you, you, you got to go back and, and think that that was not actually a widely mocked decision immediately. Plenty of people had Mitch Trubisky as QB2. I think I might have been one of them. Actually, I think he was three behind Deshaun for me. Um, but I think I even had him ahead of Patty. Of course, I'm a huge Carolina Tar Heels homer, so that has something to do with it. But, um, you know, he, he was not widely just understood as this can't-miss prospect. He just wasn't. And the year he got sitting behind Alex Smith was a big deal. Now, I would say Jordan Love is really only getting a year to sit behind Aaron Rodgers. I mean, last year, yeah, he sat behind him, but he wasn't active. He was barely getting any snaps. This is a real year, but it's a year plus. So it's it's the Patty plus. It's, it's the Mahomes the Mahomes plus, whatever you want to call that crap that was the 2020 COVID year. You get a COVID year and a real year to get ready, which is, you know, more than Mahomes got. And, and I think is a great, um, you know, way to transition. It's certainly, I think, more um, than Trey Lance is going to get. I think it's more than Justin Fields is going to get. And those are two guys that have in the ballpark of similar play styles to, to Jordan Love. I think um, I call Trey Lance a rich man's Jordan Love when people were asking me for a comp. Uh, so, I, I mean, cautiously buying, but like, you know, uh, watching him in, in practice, it's all the same thing. Flashes of glory. Jordan Love's highs are clo- are like Mahomes and Rogers' highs. He he has a f- an unbelievable arm talent and kind of a psychotic, as you saw, forcing the ball into double coverage into a perfect window in family night. Like kind of a psychotic way of trying to get there. And that's probably why he led the country in interceptions as a junior. But you're just seeing those highs and lows, man. I mean, he's inconsistent, but the highs are amazing. And hopefully – you know, Rodgers and Hackett and LaFleur and that whole staff offensively, Getsy, I believe, is now the quarterback's coach. Hopefully that 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 amount of support is going to do more for him than, you know, what, what they had at Utah State. And, and that's one thing I've always tried to point out. And, you know, we live in kind of Minnesota Golden Gopher territory, or at least you're from here and I live here. Mike Sanford is the kiss of death. People thought Mitch, uh, Mitch Leidner, holy cow, there's a blast from the past. People thought that Tanner Morgan was a legitimate NFL prospect after, uh, you know, his sophomore season as well. And he has been terrible since Mike Sanford got to Minnesota. Jordan Love took a significant step back when Mike Sanford got to Utah State. That guy might be the kiss of death. I, I don't. I, I don't know. It's it's tough to tell. It is, and with 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 love, I think it is tough because yes, he did lead the he led the country in interceptions, and he still does put the ball in harm's way too much. And he still has the he has the wows on both sides where you go wow the family night throw, and then you have he has he'll have other plays where you go. Wow. Wow. Airmail Aaron Jones right into Ty Summers' arms, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> right. And so it's it's just mitigating that. And I, I I brought up the Mahomes comparison to love a few episodes ago and got a few people that were like, dude, F you, you're an idiot, Jake. <laughs> and, like, and, and, and rightfully so, I am. But um, I wasn't comparing and I'm not, him. I'm not comparing Jordan. I mean – and, that, and that, sure. that's the point I'm making, Ross, is like yeah. we're not saying he is going to be Patrick Mahomes or even 
looking back, are they, you know, I don't think he's as talented as Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's, which nobody really is, but he's close. But you look at the process, very similar. You know, that that's all it is. You look at play style, very similar uh, and how they're getting. And so, like, it's easy to draw those parallels. Will they have, will the Packers have the same results? If he can mitigate the, the ugliness, they're going to get close. Yeah, and, and I think that's what's exciting is you is we're is I think we are seeing that more and more than we even did his junior year at Utah State. His junior year at Utah State was not very good. The high, people want to talk about the highs and lows. There actually wasn't a lot of highs. There was like a throw or two a game that you're like, okay, he's still in there, but it, it just wasn't very good. You have to go back to the sophomore tape where you look at him and say, he, this guy's a dude. And so if they can get that out of him, I think they're going to they're gonna hit it out of the park. And last thing on Jordan Love before we move on, because I think we could spend the whole episode talking about him. Sure. We're already 12, yeah. 12 minutes in. But don't hate on people getting excited about Jordan Love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I got so I, – I usually don't respond to people that tweet annoying things at me on Twitter. But people were just like, dude, it's practice. It's practice. If if you, love, <laughs> if you love being mis- if you love being miserable, if you root for guys to suck, go root for the Lions. Because you're gonna be right a lot. This yeah. team sucks. Yeah, probably. You know what though? <laughs> the, Green, the Green Bay Packers are really freaking good at what they do. And don't lose sight of that. They made crash and burn with Jordan Love. Abs- like that is not lost on me. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt as a team over the last 30 years that has put together a very relevant and competitive football team. Oh, they've only won two Super Bowls. There are about 27 teams that would die, die to have two Super Bowls in 30 years of success in the NFL. So in Town, it's okay to root for young players' success. Okay, rant over. Jordan Love combo over. We're going to move on from him. Um, buy or sell, Ross. Next guy I'm going to bring up is another really young, exciting player. The next two guys are from the same draft class. Darnell Savage, all pro season inbound. Buy or sell? I'm going to sell that one. Um, I love Darnell. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, and this would normally be the year for a jump, I think, if uh, I trusted Joe Barry, which I don't. At this point. Um, But I just think they're going to put a lot on his plate. I think he's going to play some slot. I think he's going to play some free safety. And I think that might screw with his development a little bit. I think he's going to be great. But we're talking all pro. We're talking about one of the best four safeties in the league, right? Yep. Yeah, field field tilting all pro player. I'm selling that. I just – I don't think he – I think there may be a day – I really do. I think there may be a day. I just don't think it's year three. He's a young kid, as most of Packers' first-round picks are. He was a young kid. I think maybe when he's 24, 25, 26, we can have this conversation. Um, I'm going to do some this, – this is great for uh, audio. Um, he is 24 right now. Okay. So he, he turned 24 last week or two weeks ago. So, you know, 25, 26, 27 is usually – prime um you know for a football player in general second contract is is your considered your prime usually so yeah i think maybe during his second contract we might see an all pro season but this year while i think he's going to have a very good year um i think that barry might put so much on his plate 
that you're going to see some thinking and maybe not so much reacting and that he's, you know, kind of going to be maybe the Jack of, of all trades, master of none. Um, I, I still think we'll get an above average season, but you know, you got Adrian Amos, obviously still in the league. Um, Justin Simmons still in the league. You you've got uh, James or, you know, uh, John Johnson, the third who just moved to Cleveland. He, he's going to be part of a very exciting safety duo there. I still love Harrison Smith in Minnesota. There's a lot of really good safeties out there, um, you know, and, and depending on how you classify Tyron, too. Uh, I just think this this year, not the year for that. I'm going to sell that. Yeah, uh, that's fair. And, and anytime that's that's a safe bet, too, because you're banking on someone doing something that's really hard. That's a safe bet. And I, I like how you kind of laid it out. Cause I think he's going to be a good player. I think, you know, if you can get the last six weeks out of him and if you can span that over 17 weeks, you're talking maybe, maybe an all pro. Right. Which is why I hope I'm wrong, but it, it's almost like I wish they would have done. And then, Hey, this is a different defense. They're going to ask the nickel to do very different stuff and all returns this fall or this summer have been Chandon, A1, awesome. Everybody's talking Chandon, Chandon, Chandon. And that's fine. But I would have liked to see them invest more in the nickel position than just Shamar John Charles. And so I guess what I'm getting to is like I would have loved – and I I love Savage as a nickel corner and as that honey badger spot. And I think ultimately – using his versatility is going to lead to better things next year or the year after that. But if just for this season, like for a Super Bowl run, man, I would have been like, just leave him a free safety. Just like he was, he was there as a free safety. He was there for the last six weeks of the season. One of the better safeties in the game. And now it's like, Hey, that was really cool. Um, We're going to put, a whole bunch of other stuff on your plate now, if that's all right with you. It's honestly, it's, it's the, you talk about process. It's the Nick Collins process and how he, yeah. you know, his yes. rookie second year, you're like, wow, this guy's a stud. And then yeah. they put a ton on his plate and then people are like, Oh dude, should he play corner? You know, people forget that. Like he, yeah. his development was really weird. And then all of a sudden it was just like, Whoa, <laughs> like, okay. That's why they put that all on his plate. It's clicking, you know? So Savage could be the same way. Um, and speaking of clicking, this is an interesting guy. I, I mentioned earlier, same draft class. People, when, whenever basically anyone says that now, you know we're talking about Darnell Savage and Rashawn Gary. Yep. Rashawn, it, it seems to me, and I, I love Rashawn Gary. I've admitted multiple times. I, I think I've already. I think I'm already way wrong on Rashawn Gary on my evaluation of him coming out. And I, and I want to be careful how I say this. He hasn't done it yet. He hasn't done it. Yeah. Yet. No, you know I mean, I know. and and I, I get that people are excited about him, and I get the same vibes that people did with Zadarius Smith when he was in his first year as a Packer. People are just like, he's going to be a star. He's good, and people are talking the same way about Rashawn right now, which is awesome. I'm I'm super stoked about that. But I want to ask you, Ross, buy or sell Rashawn Gary, being that. I mean, as Mike Smith called him yesterday, the leader of this defense. And, I mean, we're talking – in, in my mind, what I'm hearing about him is I'm thinking 12 to 15 sacks for him this year. By yourself. I mean, I mean, is that fair to think? I mean, am, am, I over, am I overthinking how much people are excited about him? 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You're not. You're not overthinking it. I mean, man, just from being around the program, being around the team that week, like people, oof, man, they're and, – and look – what do we say? And I always preface this like this. I loved Brian Burns. I was right about Brian Burns. Them taking Brian Burns over Rashawn Gary might even end up being right. But I was also right. And so when they took a guy I didn't like and I didn't hate, he ended up 30th overall for me in that class. Now, they took him at twelve. But it's not like I ranked the guy 60th. He had a firm first-round grade for me. And when we, as we do, when the Packers take somebody, you know, for the good of the fan base and for the good of mental health, I guess, especially, you know, how much we pour into the draft, you start talking yourself into it and explaining to yourself and explaining to the, the listeners why it could work. What did we say? The young man uh, basically has the highest ceiling of any edge rusher ever. From yeah. a strictly athletic standpoint, this is the biggest, strongest, fastest MF that ever walked the earth. He is a, a 10 RAS guy. He is a freak. Agility, speed, strength, explosion. He's a freak. Now, that didn't translate at Michigan. It just didn't. It didn't. To on-field production, it didn't. Because if it would have, he would have been... Pick 1-1 or pick 1-2. Five-star, number one overall recruit in the country. If he produces at Michigan, you bet your ass he would have been drafted like a Bosa. 
I, pr- I promise you that. But Mike Smith, the scouting department at Green Bay, maybe asking him to do something a little bit different than he was asked to do at Michigan, which shame on Michigan. But ultimately, it looks like they were right. You're you're right, though, in that he hasn't done it yet. Again, these guys are not the gospel at PFF, but edge rushers last year, Gary, uh, of guys that played 50% of their team snaps, he was not a fifth, uh, top 50 edge rusher. I, I think over the, the, uh, the net, like the, uh, second half of the season, he was actually really high, but over the course of the entire season, he was, he was not a top 50 guy, uh, for them, for, for pro football focus at, at edge. So this is a guy that just, you know, certainly has the ability, but you're 100% correct. It, it's not on film and, and it's not in the stats yet. It ha- it Everybody thinks it's going to happen. The coaches think it's going to happen. The fans think it's going to happen. A number of people who hated the pick think it's going to happen. But it hasn't actually happened, and that's a great point that you bring up because people are acting like, oh, man, all those Gary haters got to eat crow now. They will likely have to eat crow. Not yet. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yep, that's, and that's kind of and, – and I, I'm, bu- I would, I'm buying him, though. I, and for the record, I'm buying That's him. fine. And – and so I'm. I think last year I said, "Can Garrett? Can Rashawn Gary?" Get I don't even. Eight by the way, sacks? I don't even think I even gave you an answer. I'm buying it too. I didn't give you an answer. I I, I kind of responded to you saying that it hasn't happened yet and trying yeah. to kind of walk our way through that. I'm buying it too. I I legit. I think this is year. Year three is usually huge for edge rushers, just from a progression standpoint. That's it. Year three is also big for wide receivers, but I've found with edge rushers, it's a big jumping off point a lot, and. I, I, I'm, I'm with, I mean, he looks ready. He looks thinned out. He, people besides Elton Jenkins, who is unreal, but besides Elton Jenkins, people are having a hard time staying in front of that kid. Yeah. He, he, he's something. Well, that's, you kind of just answered my next question. And that is Elton Jenkins at left tackle. You buying or selling it? Buying. I mean, selling because eventually he won't, but, but Can buying it. Can he play there? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I just and, – and honestly, too, like with what they've done in the draft, even though Stepaniak retired, I guess, which is kind of wild, but they view Runyon as an interior guy. I think he's one of their best five. I think Runyon will be one of their best five even when Bach returns. But the investments that you've made have been mostly guys you figure will be an interior. Josh Myers, um, Jake Hansen, uh, John Runyon Jr., and then I think they took another guy Royce. after Myers. Royce, yeah. yeah. I think they, they, I think, are holding out hope for Royce at right tackle as well. I don't think they're shoehorning him in to guard. But most of the investments that you've made, you know, are, are interior. So it makes sense. I know that they went with Wagner, and now they've got Dennis Kelly, who's, I think, Wagner plus is how I kind of describe him. But ultimately – 
your best options that you've seen a ton of, because you haven't seen a ton of Dennis Kelly, your best options that you know about, that you have practice tape on, you have, you know, game for a guy like Runyon, game reps, Lucas Patrick, you have a zillion game reps of Lucas Patrick to look, to kind of comb over. I think you feel like your best use of Billy Turner is outside. And right now you also feel like your best use of Elton Jenkins is outside. And ultimately, you know, left tackle is the, mo- the, the most important position on the offensive line. And so putting your best player there, I think, makes a lot of sense. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think if I had a gun to my head, I think right away at least, it'll be, sadly, I think it'll be Bach, Elton, Myers, Patrick, Turner when everybody's healthy again, which I would not do. I would find a way to not have to use Lucas Patrick, whether that's Dennis Kelly at right tackle and Billy Turner at right guard, or whether it's just straight up John running at right guard. But I think that go ahead. I was good. I think we could, we could have just done a whole show on the offensive line because there's so many different scenarios that are, and it's, it's fascinating. And and it's, it's a great problem to have, you know, there are so many teams that are sitting there thinking, how do we going to string together five guys that can play? The Packers are thinking, how can we string together our best five? And we're going to have two or three guys on the bench that we really like that we yeah. really think and play. And so it's just, it's kind of finding that mesh point of what works best. And I think the most interesting thing is Bill, Billy was, was much better at right tackle than he was at guard. And so it's kind of that balance of like, okay, you have a really good right tackle in Billy Turner. Do you kick him in to guard and just say, Hey, Elton, you're our right tackle of the future. I, I think, I think that's, if that's not obvious to everyone, I, it yeah. probably should be. Like, I think Elton is going to be the – when he gets his second contract, it will be as a tackle for this football team. And, well, and I think – I think as – like, for the 2021 season, specifically sp- – specifically pass blocking, I think your best five are Bakhtiari, Dennis Kelly – Billy Turner, and then Elton and Myers. And so how that would work out would be left to right, Bach, Elton, Myers, Turner, Kelly, because mm-hmm. Kelly's like 6'8". You're not going to kick him inside the guard. He's a, he's a tackle. He's a tackle body. He's a tackle. I think that's your best five. I think the Packers want to use Dennis Kelly as a swing tackle, unless he re- just blows everyone away in preseason and – uh, in camp, and it's just Stenovich, It's just slapping Stenovich in the face. I am one of your best five. I am one of your best five. I am one of your best five. I really think they want to use him as insurance against Bakhtiari's injuries, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. I mean, to this point, Billy Turner's best football as a Packer has been as a tackle. Yeah, and and then you yeah you just wonder it was the guard stuff that, and he didn't struggle at guard. Like he didn't struggle. He was just, he was fine, but I think right. he was above that. He was above average as a tackle. And yeah. so it's, it's just tough. And, and it will be interesting to see what they do. Um, we can speculate all day about it. And it seems like every practice they open with a new different five, which they should be, you know, they should be getting that stuff sorted out now. Um, it'll be well. My last question for you is kind of the camp darling who now is out with the shoulder injury. Um, so this may, may be all for not if this is a, a bigger injury than um, 
it appears on the surface. But Juwan Winfrey, the wide receiver out of Colorado, what are you buying or selling the hype on this kid as your sixth wide receiver? I, I, I'm selling. I think. I mean, I think he's probably practice squad. Um, you know, I I think I really want. And I this I, I want to just you know I've been very public on Twitter like what what Devin Funch just said was completely unacceptable. It, you just you can't do it. You certainly can't do it. Um, and then make you know the the motion that he did with his fingers by his eyes, and it was just it was blatantly racist. And if you disagree with that, feel free to unfollow. Feel free to not worry about you know what what I got going on because I have no time for that. What he did was completely unacceptable. All that said. They've made it clear that they're not going to release him based on that. And I, I think that's fair. I mean, what, I, the way that he said it to me, um, the way it just kind of slipped off the tongue was ignorance instead of hate. And that's unacceptable, certainly. But I don't think he was making a joke at anybody's expense. I think it was kind of – and it's a sad, sad state of affairs, but I think it was just kind of vernacular for him, just kind of part of – like the way he talks and, and it's unacceptable, but it's, it's not something they're going to release him over. And I'm fine with that. So if you've made that decision that that's not why you're going to release Devin Funches, then the on the field product is, you know, why you're going to choose to do that. And I think ultimately, especially with that Sternberger roster piece being able to be saved on the suspended list, I, I would roll with seven, but I think Malik Taylor's, position on special teams I think really locks him into that spot mm-hmm. um and then I I would you know for me it's obviously Devontae Randall's a lock or the quarterback's gonna quit <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. Devontae Randall that's two MVS is three Lazard is four Amari Rogers ain't getting cut that's five and then I say, I think your sixth is Funchess and your seventh is the special teamer. And unless Winfrey can kick Taylor's ass at special teams, it's going to be Malik Taylor. I, I understand that Funchess doesn't have team's ability, but man, like he's something else. And he, I know that from a body type perspective, people just think, well, he's duplicated by Alan Lazard. They do the same. They don't do the same stuff. Like watch, watch them play. Funchess is smoother athletically. Alan Lazard is more physical. Uh, he's He is a, very much a third down possession receiver, which is fine. Those have tremendous value. Watch Alan Lazard's tape, man. Watch him work the sideline. Watch the very limited film that's available from when he was in Indianapolis Colt. Uh, he, he is a veteran professional wide receiver. This is someone with a seven or 800-yard season under his belt with multiple touchdowns. You talk about, look, I don't think, you know, he's a massive upgrade or is is going to set the world on fire, but this is a guy who in 2017, and by the way, he's 27. You talk about prime years. This guy is not washed, as the kids say. He is not past his prime. This man is 27 years old, and he won't turn 28 until next May. He is freshly 27. He. This is a guy with a 63-catch, 840-yard, and eight-touchdown season. 
no one not named Randall Cobb or Devontae Adams has a season like that. Not MVS, not Lazard, not EQ, not anybody has actually done that on a professional stage. If it were me and I'm quote unquote all in and I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, I am rolling the dice with Devin Funches instead of this lottery ticket that's Jawan Winfrey. And honestly, we've seen it a million times. I mean, I, I, I can go back and, and and think of I don't know how many, you know, darling Packers receivers uh for for you know that last guy in camp. Mr. Mr. Nitschke Field has has a million times been a receiver. And that's that's fine. I mean, I, I get it, but man, you, you even a guy like Miles White. People mm-hmm. loved Miles White. Um DeAndre Burrell, people loved that kid. And who's and, the big who's the big guy from South Carolina? Oh um, You know what I'm talking about. We can't I do. cut this guy. Can't cut this guy. Yeah, yeah, because he was he was uh phys- you know, he's so big and, and so Whoa. impressive. Uh, and, and, Jared, and Jared Boykin even comes to mind. Yeah. And he, had, you know, but like again that's, and again, Tory Gurley. You can't Tory cut Tory Gurley. Gurley. That's right. Yeah. Well, it, and the only guy that's ever gone on to have any semblance of success is Charles Johnson, who was a draft pick, who went on to have like one decent season with in Minnesota. Minnesota. But and then, but then he was never to be heard from again. And right. And at, and and that's what I'm kind of just. I want to not be an not be an ass and not you know not not kind of rain on everybody's parade, but I just want to remind people that like these wide receiver camp darlings that folks even my guy Darius Shepard <laughs> like sadly the same thing these guys that just wow in camp and you're like holy s they can't cut him has it ever hit you know besides I guess Donald Driver it it really it's it's a it's a sparse sparse crowd. I mean, the quarterback obviously thinks that Kumaro is still a Packers Hall of Famer, but it it just yeah. these it, these I don't want to be holding the Jawan Winfrey um, lottery ticket if Devin Funches can be a professional real wide receiver. Yeah, two things before we get going. Like, I think you're right, and that's what I was going to say. Is every every year there's a guy that's like can't cut him, he won't make it to the practice squad. Yeah, he will. Every team, every team, every podcast has a Juwan Winfrey guy that they're talking about that 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 they're like we can't cut this guy. Um, so it's whatever. And then the the last thing is I, I just I wrote down all the guys, all the wide receivers in front of me, and I look at Clunches and I'd say. Man, I could see this guy not making the team. I could see this guy being the Packers' number two wide receiver statistically at the end of the season. And I think the upside of the of the fact of the matter is he had he did those numbers with Cam Newton throwing him the ball, which Cam Newton's a good football player. He's he's a good NFL quarterback. But he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Aaron Rodgers playing in Matt Lafleur's system. Um, so I think he's going to ultimately be a Packer this year. He's going to contri- going to contribute. Um, but we will find out. Time will tell. Um, and we'll be here to kind of get what you guys do that every step of the way. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back in a couple weeks after we got a preseason game under our belt, and we're halfway through the preseason, kind of get some of those takes off and and all that good stuff, that stuff that we love. 
Um, we love to be fans and cheer for that stuff. Preseason is a heck of a time. It's a, it's a heck of a drug sometimes. So um, it'll be fun. We'll be here for it. And uh, I think next Saturday is when we got a Green Bay Packers football game. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but until then, and until next time, when Ross and I are back, thank you guys again so much for listening. And as always, go Pack Go. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done